please be advised, this episode may include depictions of murder, sexual content, and foul language that is not suitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Welcome back to Wickedness. I'm Lenny. And I'm Matt. <laughs> How are you doing, Lenny? <laughs> and I'm Matt. And I'm Matt. <laughs> just kidding. Does I'm it good. sound that bad? No, I'm okay. just messing with you. <laughs> and hello, listeners. Thank you for listening. As always. We do appreciate you. Yep. We really do. Yeah. So uh, Halloween just happened. It did. A few days ago. So hopefully you guys had a great Halloween, had a good time, mm-hmm. handed out candy, maybe went to a Halloween party. Uh, maybe did, just took your kids trick-or-treating and did, then called it a night. Did what you did. Yeah. Do I, you. Whatever it was, I hope you were safe and had fun. Heck yeah. Hope so. Yes. So uh, we had a pretty good, nice weekend. Had some friends over for Halloween. Yep. Uh, a future uh, person we're going to have on our podcast. To help yeah, talk actually. about one of our upcoming podcasts here in the next few one weeks, month. One of our upcoming so. topics, not... Yeah, not, topics. Yeah. yeah. So, that'll be good. Yep. And then, um, watch some football. A little Heck bit of yeah, that. yeah, we did. And we won. Yes, we did. <laughs> we won. We won. Again. We don't have to tell you who. You just know. You just know who the winners <laughs> are. No. Let's go Cowboys. Yeah, so our Dallas Cowboys won. Our OU Sooners won, too. So yeah. it was a good weekend. We always have good football weekends, it seems. Most of the time. Most of the time. Lately, this season. Yes. We this won't talk about other seasons. No. Yeah, this we live in the moment, good. not in the past. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so what is this, a prequel? A part two today? Prequel? Is it a part two? It wouldn't be a prequel. Oh, it wouldn't be a prequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's part two of the Toolbox Killers. The Toolbox Killers. You got to say kill us. Kill us. Yeah, we kill us down here. Anyway, um, yeah, so last week we talked to you guys about how these two knuckleheads met and um, formed a, formed a, a little plan when they got out of jail, out of prison. And met up and actually executed this plan and killed several girls. Mm-hmm. We ended the podcast with the the last girl that they killed on Halloween. And so we'll pick up from there. Yeah. So hence why it was chosen for the Halloween time of year. Yep. I picked it because for our, to be our Halloween week episode because yeah. the final murder happened, happened on Halloween. Cool. All right, let's get going. So now we in November. 
Ooh, in November. Are we oh, in we, November? We're, we're in November. <laughs> yes, we are. Hey, so, just by chance. Because that's how your wife planned that crap. Mm, good. I know. So, in November of 1979, Mr. Roy, he got a, reacquainted with a friend of his named Joseph Jackson, someone he had previously been incarcerated with at the California Men's Colony. Go figure. I love the name California Men's Colony. I just can't I get over that. I know. I was actually, I was talking to... Do they to just walk around nude? <laughs> just kind of hang out? Listen, I was show talking... Show their stuff? I was talking to a friend of ours recently on the phone, and I was talking to her, because she's from Atascadero, this area. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was talking to her. I was like, why do they call it a men's colony? None of the other prisons in that area are called a colony. And she's like, I have no idea that that's true. None of them are. I think they were before their time. For uh, because in you, what way? Well, because you you can't just you don't want to speak certain words. You can't say certain things. Oh gosh. So we're gonna call it a colony. We're not gonna call it a prison. That's a little too harsh. Let's not go there. Let's not <laughs> call it a jail or a prison. <laughs> Terms and words that we came up with long ago. We're gonna call it a colony. Back in the 70s, you think they really Or it's very hippie. It could have been. Anyway, either way, they're they're in, you know, it's called the men's colony. It's like the Hunger Games. Welcome to the colony. Yeah, but we we totally got off course there. So anyway. I just love that name. Roy knew this guy when they were at the men's colony together, and he confided to him about his and Lawrence's escapades over the previous five months. Okay. You know, provi- he provided graphic details of Shirley's murder to so this guy. So he's telling Sleepy Joe about, yeah. <laughs> about their escapades. Yes, he okay, is. Okay, okay. Yep. So he told he tells graphic details about Shirley's murder, who was the only victim that had been found up to this point. Because if you guys remember, they dumped her body on the front lawn mm-hmm. to get some attention. Yeah. Like, so, hey, this is who we are. Right. We're, we're, we're the killers. Or, We're doing well, the business. I don't think they're going, hey, we did this. But like they BTK. wanted someone to see it. Okay. You know, and because these other victims, they had just been dumping off of the canyon. Remember? Mm-hmm. So he also told Joseph that in addition to the five murders they had committed, there were additional incidents where he and Lawrence had abducted or attempted to abduct young women who had either successfully escaped them or, in one instance, one had actually been raped and released. They didn't kill her. Mm. So when he heard Roy's confession, Joseph contacted his attorney, who advised him to inform the authorities, which I have to say, good on good Joseph. Good on this guy. Right. So he agreed, and he and his, his attorney, they go and they tell the Los Angeles Police Department, who turn around and, and contact the Redondo Beach Police. A Redondo Beach detective named Paul Bynum was assigned the case. Paul noted that Joseph's story of what he had been told did match reports on file of several teenage girls who had been reported missing over the previous five months. And on top of that, the rape incident where the girl had been released afterward, that was also confirmed. A report was filed on September 30th where the woman claimed two men abducted her in a GMC van, raped her, and released her. And the woman's name was Robin Robeck. She had had mace sprayed in her face before she was dragged into the van and raped by two Caucasian men in their mid-30s and then released. She reported it, but they were unable to find the perpetrators. So Why would they release her? 
what's going I on? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. No mm. rhyme or reason, but yeah. they left a witness, you mm. know. And isn't that one of the things that Lawrence had said in prison? Like, if I were, or one of them, Roy or, or Lawrence said, if I were going to rape a woman, I'd kill her so that yeah. there were no witnesses. Right. Yet they left one. Huh. So Paul went to visit Robin at her home where he showed her some mug shots and she, without hesitation, identified Lawrence Bittaker and Roy Norris. Oh, good. Mm-hmm. So once Paul linked them to the rape of Robin, the Hermosa Beach police placed Roy under surveillance. And within a few days, they observed that he was out dealing marijuana, which is a violation of his parole. Yeah. And on November 20th, 1979, Roy was arrested for a parole vi- you violation. Get him off the streets at least for a right? The same day at the Burbank Motel where he was living, Lawrence was arrested for the rape of Robin Robeck. Good. So Roy was arrested for a parole violation, uh-huh. but Lawrence was arrested for the rape. For the rape, yeah. Although Robin was sure when she identified the mug shots of who the two men were when they were in a police lineup, she wasn't able to positively identify either of them, though. But what does that mean, positively identify? I positively identify you as the person that did X. I mean, how much? I don't know, because they can't. Other eyewitnesses or other things weren't around to. No, I don't. I just, I wonder. I don't know what that entails. I would, I would probably say that it means that someone has to walk in and just with as much confidence and certainty as they gave, or she gave with the mugshot photos, Mm -hmm. that she would have to be like, it's number five and number seven. Okay. But she apparently couldn't do that. Maybe, yeah, there's a a little bit of like. "Mm." People's appearances change though, and sure. things like that. Like, and your memory oh, is faulty. Memory is faulty. We there are studies proving that our memories are not reliable. Right. Yeah. Who knows though? The evening time when this took place. Right. So, police saw Roy dealing the weed though, so that he he was staying in jail, and when they arrested Lawrence, they found drugs in his possession. So this gave them a reason to hold both men on parole violations. They didn't just get let out of jail. So they searched Lawrence's apartment and they found several Polaroids that they determined showed Andrea Joy Hall and Jackie Gilliam. Both had been reported as missing earlier in the year. And inside the van, they found a sledgehammer, a plastic bag filled with lead weights, a book detailing how to locate police radio frequencies, a jar of Vaseline, two necklaces that were later confirmed to belong to two of the victims and a tape recording of a young woman in obvious distress, screaming and pleading for mercy. And you know that Mm -hmm. they identify this later as being Shirley's tape. Yeah. She was screaming and pleading for mercy while being tortured and sexually abused. And her mom is the one who listened to that tape. Yeah, that's horrible. To identify the voice yeah, and confirm that it was Charlie. Something never want to have to do. No, my my heart breaks for this woman. Mm-hmm. I would never want to hear that happening to anyone, let no, alone no. my child. Right. I can't even think about what she's going through or was going through during that time. But they were able to identify the voices of Roy and Lawrence as the men on the tape conducting the torture and abuse. And the investigators also found bottles of acid in Lawrence's room, his hotel room. And they later found out that he had planned to use it on their next victim. Ooh. Right? Inside Roy's apartment, police found a bracelet that had belonged to Shirley. And he had taken 
he had taken it as a souvenir. Yeah. They also found over 500 photos in both men's apartments of teenage girls in Redondo and Hermosa Beach and some from Burbank High School, and none of the girls were aware that they were being photographed. Wow. So they were stalking people, too. Yep. yep. Planning. Planning their victims. Yep. So on November 30th, 1979, Roy had a preliminary hearing about the September 30th rape. At this point, Roy was showing visible signs of stress. And at the hearing, Roy waived his Miranda rights prior to being questioned by Detective Bynum and Deputy <clears throat> District Attorney Stephen Kay. Um, and at first, it was about the rape, and then it was about the statements Joseph had given police and the evidence recovered from Roy and Lawrence's apartment. So it, it went from rape to murder. Okay. So Roy initially denied any involvement in any murders, rapes, or disappearances. However, when he was confronted with the evidence they found in, by the investigators, Roy started to confess. And, of course, because this is how it usually happens, he tried to put more on Lawrence than he did on, him, oh, on himself. Yeah. Uh, Paul and Stephen later described Roy's confession as being pretty casual and unconcerned, though. Like, he, he didn't exhibit the stress that he he was reportedly feeling. feeling yeah, yeah. Huh. Ro- roy said that he and lawrence would drive around areas like the pacific coast highway and randomly approach girls that they thought were attractive and offer rides and marijuana they would have them pose for photographs stuff like that he said most of the girls they approached rejected them but four girls had accepted lifts and been murdered and the fifth victim the first one was grabbed by force mm-hmm because yeah, you remember, remember the yeah, her, they're trying to she get had her left to the smoke, church. They don't want it. Yeah. yeah, and she had tried to leave, yep. and so they had kind of, kind of hid as she walked by and grabbed her. Right. He told about how once they got them in the van, they would overpower them, bind their hands and feet, and gag them before driving them to the San Gabriel Mountains, where they would be assaulted by both men and then killed by strangulation with a wire coat hanger and some pliers. Although. Two of the victims had had ice picks driven into their ears before being strangled. Jeez. I know. Yeah, I remember covering yeah. it last week, talking about that. Yep. So Roy admitted to bludgeoning their youngest victim, Jacqueline Leah Lamp, in the head with a sledgehammer while Lawrence strangled her. And he admitted to repeatedly beating Shirley in the elbow with a sledgehammer before strangling her to death. Mm-hmm. Which, how can you not admit to that? You're on tape. Yeah. But Yeah, we got you. Yeah. So... The bottles of acid found in Lawrence's apartment, according to Roy, were for use on the next victim they abducted, and the acts of torture and humiliation performed on their victims were for fun. This is what he said. Like, for fun? This is our fun. This so, is their hobby. Yeah. That's so, crazy. Sick. It just shows you how sick they are. Mm-hmm. But Roy said the level of brutality Lawrence exhibited toward their victims had increased with each new victim, and their final victim had actually pleaded to be killed to end her agony. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they say that is pretty standard with most killers. You up your game. Well, yeah. Well, things are, it's just like the drug. The drug that you take, the more you do it, the, the weaker it is for you. So you got to take more, you got to take more, you got to kind of. Yeah, o- you got to try new. Up your dosage. Yeah. yeah. It's the same. Obviously. The adrenaline isn't there as much. The the feeling and the emotion, and you know these people already, <laughs> what emotion do they have? Right. Not what they're doing, but they're just not getting off on it. Right. They need more. They need more satisfaction. They need more things. Like, now we're going to do this acid thing. Yeah, it's sick. Mm-hmm. It's sick. I'm so glad they got caught when they did. But 
Additional details that Roy provided helped to corroborate evidence that supported his confession. For example, he knew his first victim, Lucinda Schaefer, had left a meeting at a Presbyterian church before she was abducted and that she had lost one shoe as she was being dragged into the van, which is stuff that the police didn't make public. Okay. He also knew that Shirley's ancestry was Hispanic and that Lawrence had unsuccessfully asked her to date him prior to October of 1979. Really? Yeah, they used to go to, I think if I remember right, they used to go to a, a restaurant that she yes, worked at. Yes, 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 yes. So... In a press release on February 7th, 1980, Los Angeles County Sheriff Peter Pitches stated the victims had been subjected to, quote, sadistic and bar- barbaric abuse. The charges were first-degree murder against both men. He also said of the photos found in the apartments, they had located 60 of the women, confirming they were unharmed, but they had been informed that 19 of the women had been reported missing and may have been murdered as well, but he did stress that this had not been confirmed and there was no evidence linking them to Roy and Lawrence other than the photos in the apartments. Right, they've got to... But could you imagine if there's 19 other victims out there? Yeah. Though it's important to note that one of the photos depicted a woman alone with Roy and Lawrence, much like the photos of known victims, Mm -hmm. but no additional victims were admitted to by either Roy or Lawrence. Sure. Like, they denied them all. this under wrap. Right, we will give you what you, you know. Until you find us, we're not going to tell you anything. That's what, yeah, exactly. Like we'll, we'll give you what you already know, mm-hmm. and that's it. That's all you're getting. So Roy took police to the San Gabriel Mountains to search for the bodies, and he took them to each dump site. They didn't find the bodies of Lucinda Schaefer or Andrea Hall, but they did find on February 9th, 1980, the skeletized bodies of Jacqueline Lamp and Jackie Gilliam. They were found at the bottom of a canyon alongside a dry riverbed. Their bodies were scattered over an area measuring hundreds of feet in diameter because animals. Oh, sure. Yeah. And an ice pick was still lodged in Jackie Gilliam's skull. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And Jacqueline Lamp's skull had multiple indentations, proof of the blows that Roy claimed he inflicted. So they were able to corroborate all of this Mm -hmm. and identify them. In the same month, February 1980, charges against Roy and Lawrence were brought for the five girls, and Lawrence was denied bail, but Roy's was set at $10,000, which seems so low to me. But within a month of being charged, Roy accepted a, a plea deal where he would testify against Lawrence in return for the prosecution agreeing not to seek the death penalty against him. So I guess if you're going to make a deal, you may, like that's yeah. the best case scenario. Right. On March 18, 1980, Roy pled guilty to four counts of first-degree murder and one count of second-degree murder, two counts of rape, and one count of robbery. Formal sentencing was postponed until May 7th. In return for Roy's guilty plea and to testify against Lawrence, prosecutors agreed not to seek the death penalty nor life without parole. So he was actually eligible for a parole, which is scary in itself. That is scary. Prior to his sentencing, Roy was reviewed by a probation officer who testified at his sentencing that Roy had been had again accused Lawrence of the actual torture of the victims. And for Roy himself, the feeling of power and the dominance he had over the victims was the main overriding factor, as opposed to having sexual intercourse with them. Which is, I mean, I guess people get off on that. Like you want that control. Oh, yeah. The control thing. Yeah. The parole officer added that Roy, quote, never exhibited any remorse or compassion about his brutal acts toward the 
victims, the defendant appears compulsive in his need to inflict pain and torture upon women, end quote. Which, he's the one who was raping women before he met Lawrence. Right. So, that kind of makes sense to yeah. me. The probation officer testified that Roy can be regarded as an extreme sociopath who can't be re- rehabilitated. And so he was sentenced to 45 years to life in prison with eligibility for parole in 2010. But he died on February 24th, 2020, while still in custody, and he was never released on parole. Okay, good. Right. Yeah. Don't let this dude out. I know, right? <laughs> I thought I, I would throw that out there so yeah. that people aren't going, holy crap, is this guy walking around? No, he is not. He right. never got paroled, and he died in prison. Ten years later, he passed away. Yeah. Okay. So on April 24th, 1980, Lawrence was arraigned on 29 charges of kidnapping, rape, sodomy, and murder in addition to various charges of criminal conspiracy and possession of a firearm. He was also charged with two counts of conspiracy to commit murder dating from December 1979, where he unsuccessfully attempted to persuade two inmates due to be released, you know, to go and murder Robin Robeck, the one he raped and released. Mm Mm-hmm. In order to prevent her from being able to testify against him at his upcoming trial. Yeah. The charges for the rape of Robin were later dropped due to a lack of physical evidence, as well as Robin failing to identify her attackers in the lineup. Um, When asked by Judge William Hollingsworth as to how he pled, Lawrence remained silent, refusing to answer any questions. And so in response, the judge entered a plea of, of not guilty on his behalf. Okay. So... His trial begins on January 19th, 1980, and he was tried in Torrance before Judge Thomas Fredericks. The star witness to appear for the prosecution was Roy, who began his testimony on January 22nd. Roy testified as to how he became acquainted with Lawrence in jail, how the pair had formulated a plan to kidnap, rape, and kill teenage girls and all that kind of stuff. Responding to questions from the prosecutor, Roy stated that in June of 1979, He unsuccessfully attempted to abduct and rape a woman who escaped unharmed. When he told Lawrence about this incident, they both agreed to act together on all future abductions. Roy then chronologically recounted the details of each of the five murders, and he told about the September 30th rape of Robin. So even though that charge was dropped, people still knew Mm -hmm. that he was guilty of doing it. Okay. He also told about, I mean, I don't know what that really gives to her, but mm-hmm. at least it's something. Sure. Some kind of, I didn't lie. or Oh, yeah. I don't know if she even felt that way, and I don't know that people treated her that way. No. But, you know, some kind of justification, I guess. Yeah. Like, this happened to me, mm-hmm. which I would be happy with, I guess. Um, but he also told about the attempted abductions of a woman named Jan Mallon, which had also occurred on September 27th. In reference to the murders, Roy said that after he tried to kill Lucinda but couldn't, Lawrence strangled her with a wire hanger. hanger. And if you remember, like, the story that we were told about how Lucinda was killed, he tried to strangle her twice, but her eyes staring at him freaked him out. Yeah, just, you couldn't take it. Right. Wow. He then told about how he had gone to get alcohol while Lawrence killed Andrea Hall. In reference to Jackie and Jacqueline, he told what we already know, but added that Lawrence told him to kill Jacqueline. He said, quote, I should kill her because I hadn't killed anyone yet. I knew this was coming, so I agreed, end quote. Oh, wow. Could you Man. even imagine? Yeah. I'd be like, no, dude, I'm not doing it. If you really are like, uh, I don't know, but you're still an accomplice. You're oh, still yeah. going down. You're, yeah. He then confessed to killing Shirley and placing her body on the lawn while Lawrence waited in the van. 
Several witnesses testified to Lawrence showing them pictures of the victims he had kept as keepsakes and that had been found in his motel room. Another witness named Lloyd Douglas, who had shared a cell with Lawrence, testified that Lawrence had talked in detail about the torture he had inflicted on victims Jackie Gilliam and Shirley Ledford, stating that Lawrence had told him he had stabbed one of Jackie's breasts with an ice pick, which he then twisted as the tool remained inserted in the womb. He had also pinched Jackie on the legs and breasts with a vice grip before tearing off part of one nipple. He told the court that Lawrence had told him that he used the same instrument to pull on the breasts and genitals of Shirley, and he attempted to beat her breasts back into her chest. Ew. Like, really? Yeah. First off, these things can't be, they don't just pop out. Like, you can't just <laughs> beat them back in. Yeah, right. Like, how stupid are you? Yeah. But the other thing that's crazy is, you're in jail. You're getting ready to go on trial for these murders, and you're telling your cellmate about it. Right. How dumb can you be? Yeah, you really think idiots? Oh, come on! Loose lips, loose lips sink ships, right? Yes. Loose lips sink ships. Yes. Something like that. Yep, you got it. Of course, the defense tried to say that it was Roy who was the actual perpetrator, and that Lawrence had only become aware of Roy's activities shortly before his arrest when Roy told him, and he had murdered several girls that they had encountered. Could you imagine? <laughs> that's <laughs> your that's your weak ass defense, right? They used a friend of Roy's named Richard Shootman, who testified about how Roy used to always talk about raping women. The most damning evidence was when they played the audio tape of Shirley's torture and death, though. Oh, yeah. And, of course, this guy is going to talk about how Roy used to talk about raping women. He did. Mm -hmm. That was what he was in prison for when he met Lawrence. Right. This is not a secret. Yeah. So, again, weak-ass defense. Nothing new here. No. But now they're playing Shirley's torture um, the tape of it mm-hmm. and more than a hundred people were present for the playing of the tape as the tape was played many members of the jury and the audience wept openly with several members of the audience either burying their heads in their hands dabbing tears from their eyes or rushing out of the courtroom before the tape finished lawrence wasn't affected by it at all and he smiled throughout the entire tape yeah well there i mean I know they lived it, but still, come on. And they like to relive it, and they feel the energy from it, and then they love the court's proceedings, I'm sure. I'm sure he got off on listening to that tape in front of everyone. Like, look what I did. Like, ugh, sick. So on February 5th, 1980, Lawrence took the stand on his own behalf, and it didn't go well. He denied any knowledge of Lucinda's abduction and murder. He claimed... He had paid Andrea to pose for the Polaroids and that he had agreed to pay her $200 for sex. He claimed that Roy walked her into the San Gabriel Mountains and that when he returned, he had said that he told her to find her own way home. He claimed that Jacqueline and Jackie were also paid for posing for pictures and sex and that in Shirley's case, she was paid to theatrically scream for them on the tape and that Roy had committed the torture and murders of all of them. Mm. Like you're smearing these girls Mm -hmm. in a courtroom full of their family and stuff. I'm sure. Yeah. You're smearing them lying out your ass. Like, I just don't understand people. I don't understand. Ugh. I could tell you who it reminds me of, but I'm not going to do that. <laughs> okay. But the trial lasted for three weeks and on February 9th, 1980 closing arguments start. And the prosecutor apologized to the jury for only requesting the death penalty, stating that he wished he could ask the same torture be inflicted on Lawrence as what was inflicted on the on the victims, mm-hmm. which 
I would ask for the same yeah, thing if I could. Eye for an eye. Right? <laughs> and on February 17th, 1981, after deliberating for three days, um, the jury found Lawrence guilty of five counts of first-degree murder, one charge of conspiracy to commit first-degree murder, five charges of kidnapping, nine charges of rape, two charges of forcible oral copulation, one charge of sodomy, and three charges of unlawful possession of a firearm. Sentencing deliberations began on February 19th. They only deliberated for 90 minutes before they returned with the verdict, which was quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They're like, how much are we going to punish this guy? Right. How many things are we What What, are we, what, what can we what, pick? What, what yeah. can we pick? Right. Yeah. Lawrence was sentenced to death for the five counts of first-degree murder. He showed no emotion to the verdict. And on March 24th, in accordance with the jury verdict, Lawrence was sentenced to death officially by the judge. In the event that the sentence was ever reverted to life, which I love that this happened, this judge was like looking ahead. Mm-hmm. Um, he imposed an alternative sentence yeah. of 199 years, four months in prison to take immediate effect. So <laughs> the judge was making sure that he stayed in prison. Yeah, he was not getting out, dude. Right? Yeah, and he. Or had, you're dying. You're gonna die there, or regardless. Right. Yeah, like you're not getting out. Sooner Whether you serve your entire life mm-hmm. or you go get in the gas chamber, electric chair, whatever method they were using at the time, I don't right. know. Right. Yeah. So he had several failed appeals and he was granted several um death row interviews. He's never ever once expressed remorse and the only he said the only remorse he has ever felt is that his life has been ruined because he and Roy were caught. Mm. Could yeah. you, like, could yeah. you, that's your regret? That's, yeah, I, that's. My regret is I was caught, yeah. That is so messed up. It but is messed up. This guy also died in prison on December 19th, 2019. It was about, they their deaths were about a year apart. Mm-hmm. Hmm. The tape of Shirley's rape and torture is now used by the FBI Academy to train and desensitize FBI agents to the raw reality of torture and murder. So it's got to be pretty bad. Yeah. And I guess. If there has to be a use for it, you know, they found the right one. Let's let's use it where we can help yeah. others. Yeah. And I I mean I I don't know. I guess this is pretty much it. We're we're wrapping up now, but I hope that this two weeks of crazy ass killers mm-hmm. has taught you guys not to hitchhike. Don't talk to strangers. Right. If if you know, maybe if you're walking home from somewhere and someone's like following you and asking you if you want to ride and they pull ahead of you and they stop, maybe you turn around and you go the other way. Maybe you turn around and you just don't pass that car. Right. You know, you get the hell out of Dodge. Mm -hmm. Go to a public place. I don't know. But stay away from weirdos. At all possible costs. Yeah. Yeah. And stay stay alert. Yeah. Like, really watch your surroundings. If you have a bad feeling, take that bad feeling and get out of your situation. Always trust your gut. Trust your gut. Yeah. For sure. Because this, I mean, look what happened to these poor girls. Mm-hmm. And I know it's a different time now or whatever, but there's still weird-ass people out there. Oh, yeah. Big time. Well, we hope you enjoyed it this week and last week, uh, this two-parter here. Uh, you can check us out at our website at wickednesstruecrimeandtheunknown.com. You can email us at wickednesstruecrime at yahoo.com. And follow us on Instagram at wickednesstruecrime. And check us out on Anchor at anchor.fm slash wickedness where you can also support us if you feel like it. And last but not least, rate and review us so we can get our podcast out to more people. Also share our podcast with others.
so we can grow our listeners, and we appreciate our listeners as well. Take care until next week, and bye. (laughs) Bye.